Well, let's start in Psalm 46. And we started there with our call to worship, but we're going to begin in verse 10 and uh, then go from there. Verse 10, you probably can quote it already. Cease striving or be still and know that I am God. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be still and know you are God. To cease striving, cease laboring, cease stressing, fretting, and know that you're God, that you're on the throne, that you're here with us, that you're working, Lord, for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to kind of talk today about uh, last week, part one, and then today, part two, the gift of life, abundant and eternal, with those three Hebrew words that are listed there on your first page, Shalom and Shabbat and Deshen. And we talked about all three of those last week. The first one, though, Shalom, is this peace and wholeness that we have in life. I love what David says in the Old Testament, and it's repeated in the New Testament. It says, because the Lord is at my right hand, therefore I will not be shaken. Uh, It's pretty easy for me to have a conversation with you, my wife, my friends and family, or let's just be honest with myself and say, was there anything in my life this week that kind of shook me a little bit? Oh, yeah, man, on Tuesday it was so frustrating because my kids were wound up or that person cut me off or or I messed up or my boss got on to me or you name it, right? And I'm thinking, yeah, Tuesday I was, I was pretty shaken. I couldn't wait to get home and go to bed and say, Lord, help me start this day over. I just picked Tuesday, but whatever day uh, or event or experience, and yet the scriptures tell us that because the Lord is at my right hand, therefore I will not be shaken. Now, in the book of Hebrews, it actually says there's coming a day when there's going to be a shaking. I believe it's already taking place. Now, we know that the book of Hebrews is talking about kind of the end times as we get ready for Jesus to come back. But I want you to back up and realize that every day that we're still on earth is one day closer to Jesus coming back. And there is a shaking that God is already doing in your life and mine. What it says in Hebrews is that there's a shaking that takes place in order that he can strip away all the stuff that is shakable and leave only what is unshakable. Right? So can you imagine, right, in your life... So <clears throat> let's say that you've got this, this uh, jar, and in the jar, you've got these solid rocks kind of in the jar. They're down in the bottom. And then around those rocks, you've got these sand and these pebbles. But then right on top, you've got these ping pong balls. Okay, you got the picture, right? Big rocks filled in by sand and pebbles, but on the top, those last four or five inches, you got ping pong balls. Now, what happens when you take that jar and you start shaking that thing, right? Those ping pong balls are coming out. They're going everywhere. You're going to be chasing them, looking like a fool, running around, trying to catch those ping pong balls. But what's going to happen to the rocks and the pebbles and the sand? It's going to get deeper, It's going to get more cemented. It's going to go further down into every crack and crevice where it won't move. There's a shaking that's taking place in your life and mine in order to get rid of the ping pong balls that are on the top of our life that don't really matter so that what remains are the unshakable things that are part of the eternal kingdom of God. 
So you go through a stressful situation where you have an interpersonal conflict, one person with another, right? There's kind of a shaking going on because you're like, man, they didn't see it my way. I wish they would see it my way. There's a shaking going on. You realize that sometimes having somebody else see it your way is a ping pong ball that needs to be splashed or shaken out of your life. I wish they would, they, would do, they would like it the way I like it. I wish their opinion would be my opinion. Maybe God's saying, I'm shaking your life a little bit because maybe your opinion doesn't really matter as much as you think it does. Maybe what matters is my eternal truths, the unshakable truths that will last forever and ever that says, I'm on the throne, I'm your heavenly Father, I'm giving watch, care, and protection over you, I'm working for your good and my glory. Maybe your opinion doesn't matter quite as much. Right? Maybe there's other things in your life uh, getting your way. You didn't get your way in your, in your relationship at home or at work. You didn't get your way in the things that you thought should be taking place in your life on earth. I, I've got a long list of those and I've had to let go of them over the years because the reality is, is I thought that at this point in my life I would have had this or that or this taken care of and Maybe God's shaking it and saying, maybe that dream that you had wasn't as important as the bigger dream that I have to make you holy, right? And to ground you and root you. And there's this shaking that's taking place. So what I want to say to you this morning, a kind of a recap of last week about be still and know that I am God. There's a shalom or a peace and a wholeness that's available to you. Is recognize that the peace and the wholeness, the shalom, uh, has to do with those deep, unshakable things that God wants to implant in your life. So scripture says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. What's that hope? The hope is Jesus Christ is Lord. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for me. He's paid the full price for my salvation, my sanctification, my overcoming. I have this hope. Now we've misused the word hope so much that I've got to redefine it for you as God's been redefining it for me for about a decade, we say things like, boy, I sure hope that I get to go and this, to this place on vacation. I sure hope that the next car that I get is you know, blue instead of red. I sure hope, we, we use hope like wish. But for Christians, hope means certainty. So <clears throat> I gave you some, some blank space here. That's so you can write some things down. So if you write nothing else down today, at least write this one down. For the Christian, hope equals certainty. It equals unshakableness. It equals a foundation. It equals a firm and secure anchor for our lives. So when we sing the song that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, we're saying, There's an unshakable anchor in my life. Jesus is Lord. Everything else like ping pong balls is going to bounce out of the jar when it's shaken. But what's going to anchor me down is Jesus is Lord. And that gives me shalom or peace or wholeness in my life. That everything else can be awry. <sighs> but I can be still and know that God is God. And Jesus is Savior. The second word, and I'm just kind of recapping last week without um, <clears throat> just kind of going exactly with the points that we had last week. But Shabbat or rest. And, and, and we have this understanding that there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And I talked to you about the fact that resting has to do with trusting and waiting on the Lord and relying upon the Lord. <clears throat> we have this rest. We have to practice resting, right? I don't know why it's so hard for me. I don't know if it's my personality, my upbringing, uh, whatever it is. I, I don't know why it's hard for me to slow down. 
But I mentioned to you last week that something about just pulling into the parking lot, rolling the windows down, turning the car off, and looking. I don't know if you've ever done that out here. That's why my car's backed in. Looking at that ridge and looking at the green uh, that God has, has just blessed us with, with the rain recently and just the beauty of his creation, listening to the birds and just saying, God, you did all that. I didn't get up this morning and tell the sun to rise. I didn't get up this morning and tell the birds to chirp. I didn't get up this morning and say, you know what, we might just have a little bit of fog that's going to make that meadow look beautiful. God, you did all that. I can rest in the fact that if I got up this morning and I forgot to tell the sun, moon, and stars to move, it wouldn't matter. Because it doesn't matter if I tell them anyway. I'm not in charge. You are. I thank you, God, that you're God and I'm not. That you're making my life unshakable and you're giving me this peace. And this peace comes from resting in you. Right. A thing that has often helped me, uh, it's just kind of a thing that I do, is I think to myself, in 10,000 years, what will it matter? I really, I've done that with like the biggest things in my life, right? With stress. <clears throat> so I've been stressed at a point about not being able to pay my rent or my mortgage. Maybe you've been there. And I thought, if I don't pay my mortgage, well, in 10,000 years, what's going to matter? Well, even if I went bankrupt and they took my house in 10,000 years, what will it matter? I'll be in mansions of glory with the King of kings and the Lord of lords so long as I have in my heart this hope, this anchor for my soul, firm and secure, Jesus Christ is Lord. Doesn't mean that I don't want to make the payment. I'd sure like to stay in the house and not have it, you know, because I've been there. My, my family in California, the bank foreclosed, they took our house, and we're, we're homeless. It wasn't a fun experience. On the other hand, I remember some of the beautiful things that we got to see out of it that God redeemed and God blessed and God moved. And I was even telling my kids about it this week, some of the blessings that we saw after the foreclosure and the bankruptcy that we never saw beforehand and we never even thought it could be possible but you've got to rest in God you've got to trust God be still and know that God is who he is the third point from last week is deshen or fatness abundance fullness deshen that God wants to give to you and me an abundance pressed down shaken together and running over I love the scripture that says to us that no eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. All right? We have no idea everything he's that, that he has planned. We haven't even conceived of it in our wildest imagination. In other words, if you can sit here and you can imagine it, it's bigger than that. Right? If, if you can imagine what your life would be like in this scenario or that situation, how good and peaceful and, and abundant and, and, and full of love and grace... It's better than that because it, God's word says you have not yet conceived how great it is what God has planned for you, right? And so God wants to give us shalom and shabbat and deshen, which is this gift of life, of an abundant life here and an eternal life later. And that's what we talked about last week. Well, now I want us to kind of understand what it is to have this abundant life now because, to be honest, um, I've kind of confused it a little bit in my life. And some of your devotions, I'm just going to give you a little preview for this week. Some of your devotions even drive at this because uh, <clears throat> the question is, how do we make sure that our life is focused on the eternal, not on the temporal? Because sometimes we think that the abundant life is all in 
the here and now, and yet the eternal also contains the abundant life. And then, does an abundant life, on Wednesday this week, you're going to ask this question, I want you to think about it, does an abundant life have to be full? Full of stuff. Does an abundant life have to be full of appointments? Does an abundant life have to be full of the things of this world? I want you to talk about that this week amongst yourselves, amongst your family, but here's the reality. An abundant life in Christ, if we abide in Christ, we will abound in eternal things. Now, when you get a bunch of temporal things, have you ever gone into somebody's house who's a hoarder? Have you ever forgotten to clean your house for, you know, a month or a week or a year? <laughs> it's happened, right? And you say, you know what? <clears throat> the living room's clean. The kitchen's clean. Just close the doors. Nobody will know that those bedrooms look like that, right? But then somewhere down the line, you've got to pay the piper. You've got to go in and check it out. And you have an abundance of temporal things you don't feel a lot of shalom in that moment. You don't feel a lot of Shabbat in that moment. You might feel the deshin, which is the, the fatness. You're like, oh, man, just light a fire and burn it because I got too much junk, right? I don't want it anymore. So there's this reality that temporal things do not necessarily make for an abundant life. There are so many people who have committed suicide, gone through uh, depressiveness, uh, depression, and gone through counseling, because of the fact that, or in spite of the fact that they have all of this temporal stuff, but because of the fact that they don't have the eternal. Because if you have nothing in your house, but your heart is full of peace and joy and the goodness of Jesus Christ, you have everything you need. But if you have everything in your house and you have nothing in your heart, you really have nothing that you need. And we know that, and yet sometimes trying to make that leap from our head to our heart that I don't have to have that newest, coolest car or cell phone or computer or house. And, and trust me, you and I are both in that situation where the newest one comes out and you're like, man, mine's good, but that one's better. And you focus your attention on getting the better temporal thing, meanwhile neglecting the eternal things that God wants to provide in our hearts. And I want to give you some some of those eternal things. They're, they're beautiful. They're, they're amazing. Um, we're also going to look in John's gospel here in a minute. But one of them, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to make all grace abound to you and to me so that we would always have all sufficiency in everything and an abundance for every good deed. But did you notice what we have to have to be sufficient and abundant in everything? Sufficient in every good deed and, and abundant in, in everything? Well, we have to have grace. He doesn't say, so that I will give to you enough money in your bank account so that you'll be sufficient. Or I'll give to you enough supplies in your warehouse so that you'll be abundant. He says, I'll give you enough grace, sufficient, abounding grace, so that you will be sufficient, you will be abounding in all good things. So it's the eternal things that we need, not the temporal I would also point out that the temporal things that we think that we need so much um, aren't just material possessions. It's also what I think, feel, touch, smell, right? Sometimes we think that what we need is to walk away from a certain scenario feeling good about ourselves. Like, man, you know what? <clears throat> I went to church last week and pastor was just kind of stepping on my toes. He was really kind of being a little bit pushy. And I didn't leave out of church feeling as happy as I want to feel. 
But isn't it true that sometimes when the pastor steps on your toes, it's actually the Holy Spirit talking to you? And when we let go of the thing that was a little bit painful in the moment, we actually have a far greater joy and peace afterwards, right? So sometimes we think that it, it's got to be that my day-to-day went exceptionally well, circumstantially, or in my feelings. Like, man, I had a great day. Meanwhile, God may be saying, what I need to do is shake you a little bit to get rid of the ping-pong balls, because what's happening is that you think it's most important that you feel happy. You think it's most important that the people around you like you. You think it's most important that, that you have a fulfilled life on earth. And what I'm trying to tell you is that it's the eternal, spiritual, heart-centered things for all of eternity that really matters. So I might have to let you have a bad day in order to shake things up and strip things away. So <clears throat> let's look over at John chapter 15. Because John gives us a, a beautiful understanding of the eternal things that God wants to give to us as we abide in Christ. John 15, starting in verse 4, says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Before I go any further, I would basically say, um, <clears throat> I, I kind of get this, because whenever I uh, have cut off branches and you throw them in the pile and you come back and they're, they're dead, they're brown. And even if you stick them in the ground and you water the dead branch, nothing happens, right? You've gotten this. You've done some of that trimming at your own house. And so what Jesus is saying, look, that branch, that vine, they have to be connected because only when the branch of the tree or the, or, or the vine and the branches are connected can the life force and the life flow of nutrients get to it. In other words, you and I cannot have Deshen and Shalom and Shabbat, if we don't stay connected to the vine. That's the only way it's going to happen. We're just going to be like that little limb that's been cut off and is laying there, and we're just baking in the sun, and we're drying up because we don't have any nutrients, and we can't ever produce any fruit because we're just lying there instead of connected. So let's go a little bit further. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and they're cast in the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever it wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and therefore prove to be my disciples. Isn't that interesting? God is glorified that you have deshen, abundance, much fruit. Not a little bit, a lot of fruit. And so we know the fruits are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the nine fruits of the Spirit. But that's not the only fruit. There's other fruits as well that we have that evidence that God's on the throne and that he's working in us. And God is glorified that you have an abundance of that fruit. So then we go on a little bit further. And it says... <clears throat> Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Now abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Now this is a big difference between temporal and eternal because there are times that I've had a really bad day. In other words, I'm kind of unhappy. It stunk. 
but I still have joy because I have deep in my soul an awareness that I've been forgiven, I've been cleansed, that Jesus is on the throne, that he's with me, doesn't leave me, doesn't forsake me, that I'm not alone. And so I may not have happiness, but I'm still participating in the Father's joy because the eternal is what matters, and my joy may be full. Verse 11, this is my commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that you lay down your life for your friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you slaves or servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. I've called you friends for all the things that I've heard from my father I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you would go and bear fruit that would remain, fruit that would last. Um, so the abundance of what God wants to give us is fruit that will last. I've thought about this before. Jesus says, store up in heaven your treasures that will not rust or fade, that moth will not eat or destroy, that thieves won't break in and steal. And I'm like, what exactly can I put into heaven? Store up my treasures in heaven. What can I put into heaven that's not already there? My soul? By faith? Obedience? By accepting and believing what he said? Then I can... And then I can treasure or value or consider to be of the greatest worth the things that are already there so that my heart is in alignment with what's already there. Because you can't put anything else. You can't take it with you. Um, I want you to think about what abundant and eternal life does not mean, however. What it does not mean. Uh, I mentioned this last week just briefly. The disciples probably would have said they had a very abundant life. They had a very full life, an exciting life, and at the same time, all of them, uh, with the exception of John, they, they all were killed for their faith, right? So we've got them in the Colosseum, uh, facing either a gladiator or lions. We've got them being crucified. Peter was crucified, according to his, historical tradition, upside down, because he didn't want to be crucified in the same manner as his Lord. And so upside down, and we've got Stephen, of course, being martyred, and we've got all of these things, John the Baptist being beheaded. We've got these deaths, yet they would say they had an abundant life, right? They had an abundant life, a full life in Christ, and it wasn't the temporal things that, that didn't matter as much. So I, I have to just kind of confess to you that probably my dream is... Um, you know, it'd be awesome to be basically independently wealthy and live in the Caribbean on an island somewhere. Like, all alone, just me and my wife, and have enough money, to, you know, to fly and see family. But if we could just live there, and we could basically go scuba diving and snorkeling and learn how to surf, and, I mean, you name it, that's, that's, that's an awesome thing for me. And do you, do you realize, though, that without the eternal joys of the Holy Spirit and presence of the Holy Spirit and obedience to Him, I would be miserable there. Like, I think that that would be awesome, and then I'd get there, and God said, did I tell you you were supposed to come here? I've got, I've got the Caribbean, like, a thousandfold in heaven for you, and you're trying to eke it out here on earth. What I want you to do on earth is, well, I know what he wants me to do on earth, to proclaim his gospel and invite people into his kingdom, and yeah, I'd love to do that. And when I have a vacation here and there, I try to travel as much as I can to see parts of the world. But that's not an abundant life in the terms of Scripture where I store up my treasure in heaven and I think about the eternal things. Because I'll tell you, I've been in a national park of the United States, actually a couple of them, and as grumpy as the day was long. Because I wasn't praying. I wasn't talking to the Lord. I wasn't appreciating His goodness. I was just mad that it, my day wasn't going the way I wanted. I was in the most beautiful place in America, one of them, and I couldn't enjoy it. 
because I was looking at temporal instead of eternal things. How did I feel or how were my circumstances going? God wants to give to us an abundant life, but his abundance has a lot more to do with the miracles of changed lives and a revolution and a revival that transforms the landscape of the world we live in. Not the landscape of the geography, the landscape of hearts and the culture and the climate of lives sensitive to him. I think that uh, the disciples, especially those first 12 disciples, they would have said like Psalm 62, 6, God is my rock and my salvation and my stronghold. I will not be shaken. And I want that to be the cry of my life. Well, kind of as we wrap this up this morning, I just wonder, what is it exactly that you and I need to do to receive these gifts and walk in them? Well, I already mentioned it's abiding in Christ. Um, I think that... um, You get three by five cards and find a Bible verse that God really speaks to your heart. And and he says, this is a promise I have. And write it down and then put it in your pocket or your purse or your wallet. Carry it with you. And I've got a bunch of these over the years that I've written down and I carry it with me and I'll pull it out. And I'm like, not only is that true because God spoke it and, and it's always eternally true. He gave that verse to me personally as a reminder that he's for me that he's not against me. And so, so write it down. That's how you can walk in those things. I gave you some examples last week about put on some music and sing, sing in the car with the music, you know. Listen to the Bible. Sometimes people have a hard time reading because they say, I just read a whole page of the Bible and it's like, I have no idea what I just read. You know, I, I already had three cups of coffee so a fourth cup is not going to help me. What am I reading? Uh, put, it on, put it on CD. Pop it in your car and listen to it. Because maybe it'll take on a new flavor, a new awareness for you. Um, I've even got some versions you can borrow, uh, that kind of radio drama theater where it kind of comes to life with sound effects and music. But the most important thing is that we are hearing the word, that we're receiving the word, that we're believing the word, so that that way we can have God's peace and his abundance spoken to us. And then we also have to live a life of prayer. Uh, because the thing is that you and I can read all the Bible verses, And we can believe it to be true for everybody else, but I'm not worthy of it. Because we've been believing other things. But when we say, God, I know that you made this promise available to your children, and I'm one of your kids, Lord, would you make this in my heart that I would have peace and I would have joy? God will do that. James 1.22, don't just listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Receive the promises of God. I want to close with 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. I'm going to flip over to it, and if you want to turn there with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's a great scripture that talks about that shaking that I was talking about at the beginning. It says, Therefore we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. You and I are, are experiencing day-to-day struggles that we would say, God, why can't you just take that away? And he says, maybe because I'm using that to, to shake your life a little bit so that you will have an eternal glory that far outweighs it all when I strip away the things that don't matter and what really matters is what remains.
Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we each and every one of us confess um, we are often far too fixated on temporal happiness. We're far too fixated, Lord, on temporal pleasures. And we miss the mark, Lord, of the eternal and the spiritual and the deep things, the abiding things that you want to do in our hearts as we trust you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take home that verse uh, in Proverbs that says, trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you, Lord, and let you direct our paths. I pray you'd help us to do that, to, to take time to be still and know that you're God, to rest in your presence, to know your word that says, God, that if we would wait on you, that you will, you will raise us up with wings as eagles and will run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Lord, I know that every person in here, uh, we all deal with stuff, stuff that, that, that is thrown at us by the enemy or just the nature of this world we live in, and yet we want to be unshakable, God. We want to be firm and secure. We want to know that because you're at our right hand, we're not shaken. It's, Lord, the, the things that happen in this world, the troubles and the worries of this world, to be like water off a duck's back. It just roll off of us, Lord, because we know we have this eternal anchor. Lord, I pray that for every person in here that they would experience that and discover that for themselves in prayer and just calling out to you saying, Lord, I'm, I'm tired of being tired or I'm tired of being sick and tired. Lord, I'm tired of being anxious or frustrated. I'm, I'm tired of being up one day and down the next. Lord, I, I just want to be unshakable where I have this certainty, this hope that is certain in my soul that I'm a child of the king and that my king is always working for my good and for your for his glory lord i just pray that that would be the reality of our lives that you would do that in us lord i pray oh god for every person in here that that we would um we would believe the truths that we've heard today that the abundant and the eternal life that you offer is what is worth living for I thank you, Lord, that you are in this place speaking your truth to our hearts to change us and shape us in your likeness and image. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before I bless you, I just, wanna, I just want you to think about this. Would you keep following Jesus even in a world where your life hurts? Would you keep following Jesus even if it meant it was difficult because of the people around you, either persecuting you, picking on you, pushing back against, would you consider it an abundant life even if in this world there was trouble? There's Christians around the world who understand that the greatest truth, the greatest value is the eternal from Jesus Christ. And I want us, as, especially as Americans, to realize that, that the abundant life is not the here and now, it's the forevermore. And remember when Peter said, you have the words of eternal life. Where else would I go? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he give you his peace. May you walk in the abundant, eternal truths of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. You are dismissed.